a lot of people are very aware of at least some tactics that people are using to try and drive engagement. I saw one the other day, someone had posted, posted a video of sort of like a tragic thing that happened in their life. Mm. And the way that they had created the video, it was very poised to do well. They had made it so it would loop. They had put the information in a very specific spot, but it was about a pretty heavy topic. A lot of the comments were, I can't believe you would use this to oh. drive engagement. If it was me, I would have kept this private instead of using this to grow my Instagram account. Like things like that. Like right. it was clear that the creator, I don't think they had ill intentions, but they knew what they were doing. Mm. You know, they were very aware that putting the information in specific spots, you know, kind of withholding some of it at the beginning, but giving it at the end, looping it, like it was all going to get more views. The viewers knew it. All of the comments were about this. And so I think YouTube viewers are the same. It's like when we say smash the like button, they know like we're trying to get the algorithm to get the video out a little farther. When we say comment and tell us your favorite part, they know we don't care what their favorite part of the video is. Like people aren't stupid. Welcome back to the Creative Rails Podcast. Today we're talking about engagement on YouTube, but using really unique kind of creative ways to drive engagement. And this is hard because sometimes it feels like everything has been done already, but we're finding some new ways almost every week to drive engagement. And it's really interesting to see what's working. I think there's a lot of times where people on YouTube just see what other people do very commonly. And it's just... I'll just do that. There's a pandemic of people who just say like and subscribe. Like that's a kind of a joke, right? Right. When someone says, oh, like and subscribe. It's like, yes, that technically is to drive engagement, but it's probably the least effective way to drive engagement because everybody does it. And so I like the idea of trying to drive engagement in just slightly more unique ways. I mean, engagement is still liking. It's still subscribing. It's still commenting. Like the actual ways to engage, it's all the same. But I just think you can be a lot more tactful with it than most people are. Yeah, it's gotten to feel so desperate and cliche. Mm -hmm. And people have tried like kind of goofy ways of liking. That's a new trend. The finance YouTuber with the big dinosaur head, the big one. Uh, Yes, Graham Stephan. Yes, Graham Stephan. He's always- Smash that like button. Yeah, and trying to put it in funny spots. And like, it's good, but I feel like even that is kind of becoming a trend. And every once in a while on our channels, like we'll do a little joke Mm -hmm. to get people to like, but- there are even more unique ways that people aren't doing nearly as often. So let's talk about something we've been doing on the channel. In the past, we have experimented a little bit with intentional like mistakes to just see if people will notice. So funny. Incongruity mistakes are like, people don't notice. Yeah. I think in one video, uh, Ricky changed shirts like three times and nobody noticed. It's so funny. Yeah. And we'd like move props and stuff. But then at the same time, often it feels like they will notice the tiniest little typo <laughs> that's just on the screen for a second or some other things that to us feel really small. And I'm right. not really sure what causes that or if maybe people notice the incongruity and they just don't say it. Mm-hmm. But eventually on, on one of those videos, we end up saying like, find the incongruity mistakes. We pointed it out in the pinned comment and still most people weren't finding right. it. It seems like when it's unintentional and maybe detrimental to some extent, like people notice, but then when we just try and do it to see if people will notice, they don't notice as much, Uh, but it is, it's a good point. Like sometimes you'll say something in a video 
um, you know, whether you do education or interest or kind of, you know, entertainment type videos, if you don't like cover whatever you said in like in its expanse, I'm trying to think of a great example. So like, let's say um, if I say 6% of YouTubers are successful, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, there's a lot left unsaid there, right? So, well, in reality, what I mean is 6% of YouTubers only ever get monetized. And so someone might say, well, how do you gauge success, right? It's just like, it's like saying things like that where you don't say, okay, well, you can technically be successful as a small channel, depending on why you're doing it. Maybe you're just doing it for passion and then it doesn't matter how many subscribers you have. Like if you don't go into all the little like pathways and kind of nitty gritty details of every possible way that you could be correct about that one thing or incorrect, um, people tend to like to notice that. They like to pick apart things that maybe you just didn't touch on very much. Uh, We just did a video on my channel recently where that happened, uh, we made a little bit of a calculation error and people really picked up on that. And it wasn't even like a big part of the video. It was like 10 seconds of the video. It wasn't the main point of what we were talking about, um, but we just did like a small multiplication error about somebody's income. And everyone was like, well, you didn't take this into account. You didn't take that into account. So your numbers are wrong. And they're looking uh, for the gotchas. I yeah. Think. And I think maybe that's it. Maybe it's like, uh, I want to get you like, yeah, I was right. Or it's just like, I kind of want to show that I'm smart. And yeah. so I'm going to say something that makes it sound like you didn't know what you're talking about, even though you probably just weren't thinking about it that way. Anyway, those types of things tend to drive engagement. It does seem like typically those are more negative engagement. Yeah opportunities i guess a problem with that it drives me crazy is that every second on a youtube video is so valuable like we can't be explaining every little disclaimer and nuance of everything we say yeah because then our watch time would plummet people would skip around it gets boring but then yeah people are just looking for these things um on a recent video we did we had a lot of statistics and we collected data from youtubers and we were talking about the income of typical youtubers and we took out the outliers, mm-hmm. but we didn't mention that. We just noticed in our data set, we had like one or two that were yeah. way out there. We're like, we're not going to count those. And then people commented like, oh, these, you know, I'd like to see the outliers. There's probably one or two giant high earning channels that are making this data look better than it is. And I commented like, we already adjusted for that. that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But we just don't necessarily have time to say it always in the video. Yeah. In that case, we probably should have mentioned it, but we were doing it to be more transparent. Right. Like it would have made the video look better if we had not taken those out. It would have been right. better for us and for our views if we had not taken them out. But we just kind of knew that that wasn't accurate. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating because you don't have time, but it is, it is really frustrating. But I, to me, there, if it feels like a conversation here, you know, some types of engagement are, they feel inherently negative. You know, whenever you work really hard on something, uh, you want people to have a positive reaction to it. And so even if there are just a few people in the comments or, you know, on the dislike button that are just being a little bit negative or it feels like they're being negative, even that comment where you mentioned the outliers, like that's a valid comment. That's a very valid comment. When we say we did a study, we collected data, it is a valid comment for someone to wonder about outliers. It was in a little bit of a negative way. It felt a little accusatory, like we were trying to inflate the numbers, which we weren't. Um, But it was a valid comment. And so I think the conversation to me is, how do we take that type of interaction and turn it positive? Because I have, and my thought is that for YouTube, interaction is interaction. If it's positive, good. If it's negative, good. It means that there's a strong opinion about it. And people, when they watch it, either they're going to react negatively 
or they're going to react positively. And YouTube probably doesn't really care. They just want engagement. It shows that they care. Right. And so from a creator's perspective, like negative engagement is still good. Like, but how do we craft our audience and how do we craft our comment sections to be what they want, but still allow for those types of discussions and those comments that feel negative I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? It's so funny that you mentioned that because I'm seeing the shocking irony in what I just said is, yeah, I felt frustrated by that content or that comment because they didn't recognize that we did the thing. We didn't even tell them we did. Right. And when I watch another YouTuber who has maybe some shady numbers or they're not backing up their data and it seems like people aren't thinking critically in the comments, that drives me crazy. And so it's extremely hypocritical that I'm complaining about that now. I do actually want an audience that is right. critical thinking enough to question those things. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. That's like, is this a very good thing that we got that comment and that we have people that are thinking like that on our channel? And it was easily corrected by answering them and telling them we already did. If we hadn't, we should have, or at least not have had that many outliers to take out. So mm-hmm. either way, yes, I think you're right. Yeah. It's a good thing. And yeah, it reminds me of like, I don't know. Is it Spielberg or someone that said that they they just like want their audience to feel all these emotions of being on the edge of their seat and crying one minute and laughing the next and and yeah, when you're watching a movie, it's if you have negative emotions, it's usually I would think because the movie is making you feel that, not so right. much like you hate the movie. We want them to to I think experience it and be engaged, especially on the internet. Right. There's so much content and people consume so much that they stop even caring what they're watching after a while and they'll watch two seconds of it and scroll. And so, yeah, anytime that they are actually emotionally invested, it's probably a very good sign. Yeah. As long as it's not too far negative. Right. Well, and I think that there's like, there's probably a path for that. You know, someone says something, you know, maybe they ask about the outliers. You respond, probably depending on how you respond as a creator is going to impact how the conversation goes. Mm-hmm. Cause if we were, de- if we're defensive and say, well, yeah, duh, we did that. What do you think we're stupid? Like then they're going to come back defensive, but yeah. we say, oh yeah, we thought about that. Don't worry. We took them out. It's like that could turn them from someone who's thinking just critically and maybe they're skeptical to someone who's like, okay, these guys know what they're talking about. Yeah. They're actually looking at the data critically. They're taking out the, the pieces of data that could skew the results. Like that could turn someone into a super fan. And I think that a lot of times when we talk about the art of creation, when we talk about these videos that we're putting out, we get very emotionally attached to them. We view them in a very specific light. And so when people question that, um, it's hard. A lot of the you know, engagement on YouTube is going to be somewhat negative feeling or questioning or doubting. Um, but like you said, it's the emotional investment of the viewer that really matters. And so I I don't know. I think there's, I think it's really valuable if we can tap into that, even the negative side and say, you know what, let's look at this in the most positive way possible from an engagement perspective. I think it's really going to change how we interact with those people, um, how willing we are to take or almost invite that type of feedback. Because at the end of the day, I think that it's valuable. Yeah. It reminds me of, an example you used, I think we were talking yesterday and you mentioned a comment. I can't even remember much about it. Maybe you can tell me about it. If you remember what I'm talking about, where somebody said something negative and you said your first instinct was to respond kind of snarky mm. and you didn't. And then their response ended up being positive. Do you remember what I'm talking about? I mean, no, but that happens about every time <laughs> every I read day. a YouTube comment. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. totally is my reaction to be defensive. I always want to be defensive because again, like this video is my baby. I, w- I want people to like it. And so 
even the smallest thing is just like immediately triggered. You know, you just you just kind of get all up in arms, right? Even if you don't need to. And like you said, if you do that, then ninety percent of the time they're going to come back even worse. Yep. But if you're polite, even if you can't say, "Oh yeah, don't worry, we already took out the outliers," even if you have to say, right. "Oh, we didn't," then they still, I think, they appreciate the honesty. They'll likely be like, "Oh well." You know, it's okay. I guess maybe the outliers count for something too. Yeah, you yeah. know, maybe my channel will be, you know what, who knows what they'll say, but it is surprising how easy it is mm -hmm. to win people over if you just kind of take into account where they're coming from. Yeah. Even if it seems ridiculous, there is a point where it's just too much. And yeah. we've talked about um, recently on this podcast about haters. So we probably don't need to go into that yeah. too much, but for the most part, yeah, just. Engagement's engagement. Mm -hmm. Appreciate that people mm -hmm. are invested enough to comment. Yeah. Likes and dislikes. We've tried some fun things with this lately. On our most recent video on channel makers, we actually claimed that it was the best video on that topic. It was storytelling. And we invited people to like if they agreed and dislike if they disagreed with that claim, which is quite a quite a claim. I was hesitant. I mean, it's subjective, of course. There's other great videos on storytelling. I think we said that because we were feeling like it was the most tailored to YouTubers that we had seen. So many videos on YouTube. Yeah. Maybe there's a better one we haven't seen. I'm sure there is. Uh, I'm sure there is. Yeah, and I think that that's a really interesting thing in and of itself. Like making that claim, like you said, it was so bold <laughs> to say, this is the best video on YouTube for YouTubers about storytelling. Yeah. It's like, is it? My response would be, I don't know, but I watched a lot of videos about storytelling and they did not give me what I needed. Yeah. And so I think... I love that. And it was your idea. I think maybe you had watched another channel that mm -hmm. had done something similar, but I love the idea because it gave people an opportunity to take a stance. Um, and we knew that some people wouldn't agree with us. Yeah. Um, but opening up that door was really scary. Yeah. So I did. I found it from the idea from another channel and it wasn't like a YouTube education channel at all. Mm -hmm. It was a channel about philosophy and there was two ideas and it said like that this is the question that philosophers most commonly disagree on like people are 50 50 mm -hmm. split on this mentioned at the beginning and at the end and said like if you you know think that the it's this way and dislike if you think mm -hmm. it's this way yeah and i'm not sure if the video itself even took a stance it just kind of said for people to vote so that one would definitely i think end up being pretty close to 50 50 i was expecting Maybe 50-50 on our video too. Yeah. Maybe even worse because yeah. it was such a bold claim. And the results were far from 50-50. Yeah. I think we were both expecting 50-50, right? Yeah, I totally did because I didn't. I don't expect people to watch our video and think we are the best at anything. Yeah. I think that we have a really good point of view. We've had a lot of past success. We've helped a lot of people. But that doesn't make us the best. I have a hard time thinking anything out there is the best. I more like to watch a lot and then take the best from everybody. So making a bold claim about the best, yes, we knew it was subjective. I really questioned whether people would be able to say, yeah, that was the best video I've ever watched on storytelling. I personally thought the content of that video was incredibly helpful. It like as we were talking about it, as we were, you know, working through the outline. I was having light bulbs go off for my own channel. Like, hey, this is something I should be doing. If I had just implemented this earlier, I think my videos would be way better. Like I was having those moments. And so I felt if I was having those moments, just as we were taking all these things we were doing and putting them into one little outline, people watching must have, like, they must be having that same experience. Yeah. Or maybe they would, maybe some of them would. So I think that's why it worked is it was something that 
really seemed to help me and it seemed to just really put off all those light bulbs for me. So I figured some people would agree with us. Yeah. I didn't think as many would as they did, but but we had quite a good split of people who agreed with us versus those who disagreed. Right now, I think we have over 200 likes and about 35 dislikes. Mm -hmm. That's wild to me. Yeah. That is wild. Maybe people are being a little extra nice, but it's pretty cool. And we put the dislike counter in the comments because mm-hmm. you can't actually see on YouTube how many people yeah. I mean, we can from the back end, mm-hmm. but the viewers can't see how many people have disliked. So um, do you think they were actually being nice? Mm, that's a good question. I bet most of them felt like it was the best, most helpful one they had mm-hmm. seen at least in a while. I would argue that most of them haven't watched dozens of storytelling videos lately. Right. And I think, I think a portion of them are kind of being nice. They mm. rather give us the pat on the back right. for, I think it maybe it's a kind of an appreciation thing if mm-hmm. they appreciate it and think sure. it was a reasonably good video. Sure. Maybe they're not thinking like, oh yeah, I think this is objectively the best one, but like just being nice and thinking it's not that helpful. No, I doubt it. Right. That's probably the 35 dislikes. Yeah. Yeah. And there were a couple people who in the comments said, I disliked. Here's why. Yeah. I, I thought that, that was really interesting and I liked it a lot just because it was it was good to see into their mind. They thought, I expected this coming in. This is what I got. Here's the gap that I wished could have been filled for me. And so, they were civil about it. Yeah. It was not very, very rude much. or... Um, yeah. Yeah. And they had good points. To me, again, talking about inviting people to take a stance, it also just brought up, you know, a lot of times we are very intimidated by feedback. Not, I don't mean just us, but I think as content creators, because it is a very, when we get into the creative side of things, like, you know, it's your baby. It's not something that you want to be um, hurt, you know? Yeah. I think of it similar to like maybe artwork. I'm not yes, an artist. Totally. If you're an accountant and someone critiques your work then like, okay, yeah, you might take the feedback more, but if it's art, it's like so personal to who you are right. and creative and like you're already probably have some trepidation around putting it out in the world anyways and maybe embarrassment and then to have somebody say like this terrible Mm -hmm. it's hard yeah it like reinforces all those negative thoughts you have about yourself really it's like i don't know if this is good enough i don't know if i'm smart enough i don't know all these different things that i think most people have some of that to some extent and so when someone publicly brings out some of those concerns that are in the back of your mind um, it can really hurt but I think it's really valid to let people do that, like to invite that. Mm-hmm. I think when you invite it, it brings a little more civility. Like, cause you said mm-hmm. in those comments, like people were nice about their feedback, nicer than usual. Good point. Some people on a regular old channel makers day, they're not that, um, <laughs> I don't know what the word is. They're a little bit unhinged at times. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like, this kind of sucks. Maybe I'll tell you why. Maybe I won't. Like that's kind of what it is. But I think like that's that's kind of the internet. That that feels like very internet-esque, right? That's mm-hmm. how people interact on the internet. It's like, yeah, didn't love this. I'll tell you, I don't care, don't know you, never see you again, you know? Yeah. But when you say, hey, we think this is the best video or just in this specific circumstance, we think this is the best video, watch it. If you agree, like the video. If you disagree, dislike. And you can maybe tell us why if you want. I think that that invites people to connect on a deeper emotional level even if they disagree with you and then it, it makes it a little bit a little bit more human almost rather than just a, a video that they watch and they go on and watch 20 more i don't know yeah i think it's because you're showing that you're self-aware and that you're yes. open to feedback and it's not just thinking that you're the best ironically in that video we said it was the right. best but right yeah when someone sees somebody who's just completely overconfident and overselling something 
you do have the urge to be like, you're not as great as you think you are. Yeah. But when someone says, here's my artwork, mm-hmm. could I improve it? Or, or any service that you're providing somebody, here's, you know, here's this window washing service. How could we improve? You're sure. not as likely to be angry. Like, Hey, there's smudges all over this one. Like, Oh, maybe be a little more careful. You know what right. I mean? It reminds me of a author that I love that just came out with an app and like, I don't think it's that great. I don't like it. It's, um, it's really simple, which is okay, but it's too simple and he's charging a lot for it. But I like that creator so much. And I know that he is always trying to improve and typically very humble. At least I have this impression of him. So I'm not about to like go write a nasty review on the right. app store. Right. If anything, it would be a very, you know, sort of constructive criticism if I were supportive to. and constructive right. rather than angry and upset. Yeah. And then the top comment on this is so relevant. The top comment on the Apple app store was somebody who gave it like, I think, I think gave it five stars and basically said, he's not going to buy it. And he doesn't like it, hmm. but he said he likes this creator so oh, much wow. that, you know, he knows he's trying to do good work and that he'll probably tweak it. Like just benefit of the doubt all the way saying he is not going to use this app at all. Gave it five stars and just like, well, wow. I appreciate this person that they've always put in work. You know what I mean? So they've built that reputation that they can put out something bad or that sure. some people think is bad. Sure. And still get that kind of response. It's, it's terribly interesting to me. Yeah, no, that is really interesting. And I think it's also interesting, like bringing it back to our video. Uh, we did get some comments of people who disagreed with us, which is fine. It was good to see their feedback. We also got a lot of positive feedback and said, this was what I needed. I, I've been feeling down about my videos. I've been, some people said they've been sucking really bad and I, I really needed this. Like we got a lot of that feedback as yeah. well. And so, it is subjective, but like as much as people will feel negatively or not like it as much, there will be people who love it. And by inviting them to share that with you, those are people who may have never commented. But when we said like it, if you agree with us, dislike it, if you don't, again, it brings them in on a deeper level. It doesn't only bring the negative people on a, on a deeper level, but also brings the positive people. Uh, we have more comments on this video than we have most of our videos. And Anyway, it's just like it was a one really simple thing, you know, just like if you agree, dislike if you don't. But how often do you hear creators asking their audience to dislike a video? Pretty rare. Yeah. It just doesn't happen very often because that's not really the feedback that we really need all the time, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. But I don't know. It just seemed to work so well. And I don't know if it's something that we will do every video. I don't think so. I don't think it's the right fit every single time. But it definitely is something that brought up a lot of... Um, conversation just here around our office yeah and i think that the same principle can be applied to so much more than likes and dislikes instead of thinking about how do we get the algorithm to work you know we ought to have more likes and less dislikes and it's just well maybe this is a tool to figure out what our audience thinks about something yeah and understand our audience more i even trying to actively think on a daily basis about the audience and about the individuals and about how they feel and what they might be struggling with. It's kind of a faceless mass on the internet, but they are right. real people with real problems. And the closer we can get to them and understanding them, the better it's going to be. It's ultimately, ultimately all that matters is providing something that's valuable. Right. Now this, this video, again, I keep going back to it, but I just keep thinking of these things that all kind of tie together. So yeah. we did the like and dislike, we'll call it a game or whatever, kind yeah. of this idea. Well, the whole premise of the game was you like it, like, you know, hit like if you don't dislike. 
So what does that do? You know, we talk about the like and dislike as the engagement, yeah. but what other engagement did that drive? The video had a higher average view duration. The video was a little bit longer. So there's a lot of other things that could be coming into play here, but could it have possibly encouraged some people to watch longer than they would have otherwise, which is a good thing. My guess would be yes. My guess is there are going to be some people who, you know, they hear our challenge at the beginning and they go, okay, I want to see because I want to dislike it. You know, like yeah. I want to get in there and I want to tell them. There was even one comment that said, I watched the first 10 seconds and I just couldn't do it because of blah, blah, blah. And I responded and I said, watch the video and then we'll talk pretty much. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, you, you, you didn't play the game by the rules, you know? Yeah. And so then they commented later. They said, okay, I watched it. I misspoke a little earlier. Here are now the things that I would say you maybe could improve upon. So, oh, cool. but it brought a little bit of engagement and like that person said they were not going to watch anymore. Maybe they would have, maybe they wouldn't have, but right. I think like it did drive up our average view duration. And then what does that do for the video? Well, it got pushed out a little farther than it normally does. This was a one out of 10 video by a little bit. It wasn't like a ton. It didn't go mega viral, but it did good per what our channel is doing right Definitely. now. So it's just like, yes, we think of engagement as like a like or dislike, but that has real impacts on, you know, retention and like how the viewer interacts with the channel. Maybe they happen to get to the end of the video and then they see a watch next that they never would have seen before. Um, I think uh, like the impact is probably more widespread than we think, even if it's small. That's a good point. I think you're right. And people probably hear that challenge. They want to give their opinion. Right. And so they think, well, I have to watch it to, to really give right. my opinion. Either way, even if they're not set out to, to tear us down. Yeah. And it's kind of unique. So maybe they think like, okay, well let me, let me see what this is about. I want to, you know, yeah. they want to see the vote counter and, and maybe they want to understand better why other people are mostly voting positive. There's a lot of interesting yep. things, but yeah, we, we had more comments on that one than usual too, right? Yep. We did. Yeah. And we didn't really encourage comments. Not at all. I, I think there, I did do a pin comment on the channel. We did, the, we pinned the dislike counter. And I just also said, this is a big video. Let us know what you think. And typically people who respond to the pinned comment will respond directly in that thread. Yeah. I think we had two people, maybe three people at this point who yeah. have responded. So it didn't drive, like that didn't drive a ton of extra engagement. Probably because I, you know, maybe we should talk about pinned comments a little bit. I don't think it was an exceptional pinned comment. Um, it was fine, but it wasn't like amazing. It wasn't yeah. like, oh, I don't know, like what, what's something we could do in the pinned comment that would actually get people to comment? Because I pinned a comment, thousands of people watched the video, three people responded. It's like, mm, probably could have done better than that. I did a little edit this morning because there was something in the video that I thought was so funny. In the video, I'm talking about, at this very moment, I'm talking about mistakes and uh -huh. storytelling and how you should just let them happen and don't try to cover them up. Where completely unplanned, simultaneously, while I'm saying that, our little RGB light in the background dies. Which is pretty off. noticeable yeah. for the viewer. It's a very noticeable thing. We pointed it out with like a little arrow. Cody, yes. our editor, pointed it out. And then Nathan did like a, like a gym, gym from the office face to the camera, raises eyebrows. So like completely obvious. And nobody commented on it. Yeah. To me, it was the most like serendipitous thing. And then I started thinking maybe they thought it was planned. Oh. Maybe. And so I may, I don't know, maybe not. I don't know why nobody mentioned it, but I made a, a tweak to the pinned comment saying like this part where the RGB light died was completely unplanned, ironically. Oh, that's funny. So we'll see if anybody mentions that um, with like a little laughy pace, which keeps it lighthearted too. Mm -hmm. Like just kind of joking around with the audience. As tempting as it is to ask the audience for, you know, do a call to action, ask them to take this and this and this. Right. Like sometimes you just got to be a person and have fun with them. Yep. 
they're so used to people trying to get something from them. Treat it like they already are going to be there anyways. And yep. yeah, I think fun with that it. is such a good point. Um, a lot of people and not just in learning about YouTube space, a lot of people are very aware of at least some tactics that people are using to try and drive engagement. People are getting more savvy about that. I saw one the other day uh, there, someone had posted, posted a video of sort of like a tragic thing that happened in their life. Mm. And the way that they had created the video, it was very poised to do well with what I think it was maybe on Instagram with like this Instagram algorithm. They had made it so it would loop. And so like they had put the information in a very specific spot, but it was about a pretty heavy topic. And I, I was just curious. I went into the comments. A lot of the comments were, I can't believe you would use this to oh. drive engagement. Um, or, or people would say, "I if it was me, I would have kept this private instead of using this to grow my Instagram account. Like things like that. Like right. it was clear that the, the creator, I don't think they had ill intentions, but they knew what they were doing. Mm. You know, they were very aware that putting the information in specific spots, you know, kind of withholding some of it at the beginning, but giving it at the end, looping it, like it was all going to get more views. And the viewers knew it. Like all the, all of the comments were about this. And so I think wow. YouTube viewers are the same. It's like when we say smash the like button, they know like we're trying to get the algorithm to get the video out a little farther. Right. When we say comment and tell us your favorite part, we, they know we don't care what their favorite part of the video is. Like people aren't stupid. Yeah. And so what you said is so true. Like if we can just be real with them and just like make crack a little joke in the pin comment, like that has literally no substance at all. There's nothing wrong with that. Because people are so much more likely to connect with that than they are with a tell me your favorite part mm-hmm. when they clearly do not. They know we don't care. Yeah, you put it perfectly. They're tired of it. People have been online long enough to know what this is like. Right. Like a long time ago, these things worked. Yep. Saying like and subscribe grew because it used to work. Yep. Because people weren't used to hearing it every single day. And it was like, oh, show me your support. Show if you're appreciating this. People didn't probably think at first about how right. likes would help the algorithm and whatnot. But yeah, now people are tired of it. And it's so much more fun that way too. If you just kind of feel like you have this little club and it is way fun. People supporting each other and it's, it's way fun. Yeah. It's so much fun. It, even like on a small channel, if you have like under a thousand subscribers, maybe you have very few people who are actually coming to your videos and, you know, maybe, uh, commenting on everyone or little things like that but even a club of one like right. you and just one viewer who you have no idea who they are there's someone who like that on our per, on my personal channel who comes and comments on every single video they will occasionally comment like six or seven times Aww. on a single video and they're just like this is your best video yet you guys are doing so awesome and they were like if you guys had a patreon i'd be subscribed like just like this is our club of one we yeah. don't get that many comments at this point but it's just like we know this guy's gonna show up and he, we call him subscriber number one. I think he was one of our first subscribers who found us. And it's just like, if we, in every video, like at this point, it's a very small channel. If we were like, oh yeah, let us know your favorite part of the video. He would probably still comment anyway, but instead we can put up a pink comment and almost think about him and say, yeah. what, what would he respond to? Like, what would be funny to generate some you know, discussion between us? But if you think about your entire audience like that, it's really hard to pinpoint one person and say, what would I put here? Like as an inside joke for that friend or but your audience is your friend. Like your audience is that group that they are your, your fan club. They're your team. And so treating them like that rather than treating them like kind of an asset for a business, like it's way better. Yeah. I love that example. It's such a fun example. And I think you've kind of figured out something that a lot of people are confused about. So many people hear the advice of like your avatar and know that person and write down 
what kind of car they drive and their age and gender and likes and okay that's not the same thing you're not going to write the right comment just because you think about what kind of car they drive right it's that yeah that friend where you're like i don't know much about you but i know you're here for me right (laughs) and maybe maybe they joke a lot or they're kind of goofy and so you're going to be goofy back or whatever is your personality but it's different and critical difference yeah it makes a such a big difference there was one comment we got it was probably a couple weeks ago and someone said something about how lame the video was, mm. but they had taken the co- they had taken the time to comment, and Why? I co-owned the brother or uh, the channel this channel with my brother, and he responded. Looks like something about like looks like someone's grumpy. Uh, you you've been scrolling videos too long. You're you're in timeout or whatever. <laughs> like he literally said that nice. to this person, and the person responded, and they went, "Okay, yeah, sorry," and like they just <laughs> like stopped. And that person, they had they were kind of you know not very positive toward the content or anything like that, but they engaged in sort of this funny comment, you know, connection with yeah. us just like, okay, yeah, I can see I was being a little bit harsh there. And anyway, it just turned into this fun little thing where like, that's how we would talk to one of our friends. If one of our friends came in and was being kind of grumpy, would be like, man, someone woke up on the wrong side that's of the so bed. That's so true. Like that's how you would respond to them. You wouldn't go at them and say, well, you're a nobody and no one cares what you think. You're like, come on. <laughs> you're like, right. That's not, that's not the type of interaction you want to have. That's a hundred percent true. Yeah. If one of your friends who's a really good friend you care yeah. about said that you just, yeah, you'd make some snarky comment back and it's right. a joke. Also that person may or may not be sort of converted. Right. Even if they're not, how many other people are going to see the little comment thread yep. and think it's hilarious. I yep. think it's hilarious. That's perfect. Any other thoughts on engagement? I don't think so. I guess my only other thing is just be creative. Yeah. Um, it is really hard to think outside of the box because there are so many of the things that people do that are just normal. The like and the subscribe, the leave a pin, you know, put a comment down there, pin comment. It's like, do all those things. Like tell people to like, tell people to subscribe, tell people to leave a comment, but do it in kind of your own creative way. Mm-hmm. Um, do it in a way that is fun or interesting. You know, if you do live streaming, figure out a way. I think you had mentioned, Julia, like, if people are leaving little comment, like you can pay to chat, you know, put a little paid comment, um, like have tip jars on your table. Yeah. Or like, and then every time someone leaves one, put like the amount of money that, so like people can see it visually represented. Little things like that. It's like, you're just, you're working within the same system that everybody else is, but you're just making it your own. Um, whether that's being a little bit silly or a little bit too serious or like whatever, it, whatever your thing is, that's the right thing. And so don't be afraid to lean into that a little bit. Yeah, stop thinking about the rules. Yep. It reminds me of a conversation I was having with Cody about my personal channel. And he's like, you're thinking about this like channel makers. My first instinct was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> he's like, you can do whatever you want with this. And I know that. Yeah. But then I thought about it for like five seconds and realized, oh yeah, I am not thinking of it as if I can do whatever I want. I'm putting right. all this pressure on myself and taking it too seriously. Yep. And I need to think of it like, you can do whatever you want. It's your channel. Do whatever you want. Have fun with it. And yeah, having fun is often the trick to creativity. I feel like you can't just sit down and decide to think of something unique that no one's ever thought of that is going to get more engagement than anybody else. Like that's, everybody else has already tried that. (laughs) Once you start having fun with it, that's when you are going to stumble upon an idea eventually that is really creative. And I don't know, maybe it doesn't work. Who cares? At least you had fun. Right. Yeah. 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 Whether your audience liked it or not, if you thought it was good, if you thought it was fun, funny, then do it. Yeah. Eventually you're going to find the people who connect with the way you do things. Yes. Awesome. All right. Thanks for the chat, Nathan. Yeah, it's fun.